Welcome to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. Today, I am joined by Philip Wright, Independent Advisor on Soils and Cultivations, um, who's going to talk to us a little bit about his career. Good afternoon, Philip. Thank you for joining us. Afternoon, Andy. Um, so, for a start, Give us a bit about your background and how you became an agricultural engineer. Well, uh, it's uh, it's not a particularly long story. This I, I trained at Silso when it was Silso College uh, back in the uh, in the 1970s, the late 1970s. Uh, and a couple of my key mentors were Dick Godwin and Gordon Spore in those days. Uh, and it's nice to say that uh, I still do keep in, in contact with them now and again, which is fantastic, uh, even after all that time. Uh, and I, I, I got a, I gained a, a degree, honours degree in, in ag engineering uh, from Silso College, as it was then called. It became the Cranfield Institute of Technology. Um, and basically, 1979, I, I left there. Uh, I used to get work on farms um, in the holidays and stuff, and and I went back to my usual incumbent, and and I'd I'd really I'd really um, I'd done a few of the milk round type interviews, but uh, decided that well I was I was really a little bit unsure. I'd had enough of education at that point. I think I'd had far you know far more than enough. Um, so uh, I just wanted to get working. So I I went back to me my local farm and and um, and got there while I was I was looking around what to do, and this advert came up for a job, um, not too far from where I am at Boston, up at Sleaford, a little, tiny little engineering company that uh, I'd not heard of actually. Um, they wanted a design engineer, so um, I'd, I'd, I'd been used to writing letters and stuff. Anyway, there was a phone number; it was in the local rag. This this advert was in the local paper, so I rang them up, and um, the, who was then I didn't realise the boss answered the phone. And he's, he, he, we got talking and he said, uh, oh, oh, yes, well, OK, um, I think we ought to, you know, ask me a few questions. Uh, we ought to have come for an interview. And I was thinking, oh, well, that'll be, a, you know, an official bib and tucker job after a, 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 a bit of time and whatever. And, and uh, he said, well, when, when can you come? And I said, well, whenever you like, you know, I could come now if you want. Right. Get, come on, then. Yeah. So 20 minutes later, to cut a long story short, he offered me the job. It was a residential caravan in the middle of a site in the middle of Sleaford, and the company was called Simba. There were five people working for them at the time. And the boss said, well, you know, you can have my office in the caravan here and I'll go and work from my home. And uh, we bought a drawing board because there was no computers at that time. And and that was where it started, really. Uh, and I, 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 I became technical director of Simba after a few years. Um, company grew a little bit, not as a complete direct result of me, I have to say. Um, there were some really innovative uh, people there, and uh, particularly the boss, Keith Burton, a uh, tremendous bloke, uh, in, innovative bloke. And uh, I basically grew with the company, really. Um, we didn't have hardly any drawings at the time, so it was very much a question of... Um, starting from scratch. They used to go and measure the previous machine that they'd made for a cutting list to make the next one. They had a few bits and pieces written down. And uh, so it, it really started from there. Um, and 28 years later, 
a management buyout later, I decided I needed a bit of a change. Um, I loved my time at Simba, but I thought if I don't do something uh, slightly different now, I'm going to probably regret it and be too old. So I decided I was up for a change. So um, decided to work for myself uh, as an independent and uh, Simba were brilliant. They, they, they helped me in my early stages of, of, of my own, if you like, my own uh, business. They, they helped me with, with work. Um, they gave me some work and, and it, it, it's a hugely long story, Andy, that will take longer than this entire interview if I'm not careful. But um, we'll, we'll look forward to the book. It can only be a matter of time. <laughs> And I suppose this this only this bit is really relevant, but in in, in effect, the, I'd I got to a stage where um, my role had had taken me down a path of of you know being a company director, roles, responsibilities. It taken me down a path of 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 more or less managing people and managing overall aspects of the business rather than the thing I really loved, which was actually getting involved with. Um, the soil with farmers and and designing machinery and and You're working almost out take, almost taking you away from the engineering. Y yeah, yeah, and and whilst it's clearly that happens as the company evolves and gets bigger, um, I started to feel that I was really not. I was being paid to do stuff. Um, sometimes manage people. I mean, they were great people, but you know, I'd never been trained to manage people. I'm rubbish at it really I suppose um, but uh, I, I felt I was I was I was underutilized I was being paid far too much money for doing a job that I didn't really enjoy and probably wasn't brilliant at and I could I could I, I could do a better job for Simba by working from home and and and, and, and doing some of the more specialist design work um, including um, dynamic simulation and finite element analysis which we were just getting into at the end um, and uh, I felt I could do I could do that as I was doing it at home at nights and at weekends you know anyway as you do so I thought I could do a better job of that if I'm working for myself so that's really where it started and we've meandered from there to where I am today which is um, reasonably flexible and, and sort of going with uh, whatever situation transpires at, at, at the time. Do you, do you want to take us maybe through through a day in the life of, of Philip Wright, um, and maybe you know let let us know how the, the current situation with the coronavirus is impacting some of the work you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is something for for the sort of younger of the listeners or the ones that are, are looking to get up into a career. This is um, it, it. They might find it interesting. I mean, I, if you're the sort of person that really likes a structure to a day um likes to know you know a structure to your your work life where you're going what you're doing you've got a plan you've got a series of targets and, and whatever else then that, that's good um the working for yourself is 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 slightly different to that i'm I, i'm sure you know exactly what i'm talking about here um but um yes it you know, I, I I I can look at my my uh, my calendar, my my sort of I have a spreadsheet with the stuff on um, by month, and you fill in the day according to, and it it then ultimately becomes me um, 
your timesheet for for the business but I, I can look two months ahead i can look two months ahead at the moment and it's quite bare actually and you know a few years ago i'd have been thinking oh, i've got to get some work in for that that's 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 you know there's, there's not a lot there and then all of a sudden um with that in mind you know you'll get a few phone calls and and the old days just get taken up um but it's not it it, it can be a bit disconcerting uh can that if, if you're used to a more ordered day but um so for, from from my point of view at the moment um you know there are two strands to me to my business really to my activities to to my life uh working life uh which are um offering advice to farmers um and to um basically uh um bodies such as AHDB, um, catchment sensitive farming, CSF, and, and larger public sort of owned or, or, or private owned bodies, um, water authorities. Um, and, and, and that can be quite prescriptive. It can be quite well, um, you know, well booked in advance work. It can be, it, 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 it's very useful to have it uh, as, a, as a sort of bread and butter. Um, there might well be large groups of farmers involved uh, with meetings for the AHDB, for example. Um, they might be on farm or in a, you know, a more of a formal environment. At the moment, it can well be I'm sat at home as everyone else is, and we, we're blathering across the internet. Um, and then we, we, it, it can be equally a one-to-one -one farmer client visit as I'm making to someone who's rung me up and has said, "Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about." changing my, the direction of the business or we're thinking of doing it slightly differently or we, we're thinking of changing our drill or we're or we changing our cropping policy uh, or i've got a problem i don't know whether i've got a big drainage problems in these fields or, or whatever and and that might be a, a complete one-to-one -one, uh visit which brilliantly interesting everyone's different uh they really are you know a case study for every visit you do and and you know that that can then um within limits of client confidentiality obviously um can feed into to to when i'm doing a more formal presentation into examples for instances as long as you know a there's permission or b it's kept confidential or whatever um so it, it sort of self-generates a, a level of knowledge and experience and information and, and one feeds the other really um and then alongside of those sort of farming soil cultivations mechanization um driven things um i've got me my design work um 3d design um I use Autodesk Inventor because we use it. We used it at Simba, and I think you get used to something, um, and and it becomes well, not second nature, but you know you certainly get comfortable with a with a system and a process, and and so um, 3D design, um, small projects for people. Um, I have to admit, I, I do try and offer a service of more specialised. Um, so for example if someone's doing the design work but needs a little bit of help because they're only just learning um a system solidworks or or, or just generally computer-aided design 
um, it can be quite useful to, to help them out a little bit with a you know just just a filing structure for the business is a classic you get um, you know you, you just to have something for your business that you've got proper parts base part numbers um, component part numbers or designations assemblies and then that can lead on to parts book drawings illustrations bills and materials um, technical illustrations and stuff and, and but just to actually give them a a, a bit of a hand to set up a structure for a start because um it's the building block you know, I've, got, I've got many t-shirts have done having done that wrong in the past and regretted it um and 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 so that's quite you know i find that a quite enjoyable but be quite rewarding really if if you if you can go somewhere and give them a you know a bit of a, a structure to work to it it can be it can be quite nice to see you know them save a bit of time on on doing yeah. stuff um and then the, the the sort of more specialist dynamic simulation and and finite element analysis stress analysis if you like uh, to call it that um so someone who's got a a 3d model of a of a uh, an implement or a um uh whatever it is really and and that they, they, they can send it over and um i can um i can simulate that dynamically apply the loads that's the bit that's the key bit is knowing the correct loads to apply other than those that are applied by gravity you know and, and that that's something that where i think hopefully my experience can help a little bit and um, it also means that for example a company rather than spend a few thousand pounds and, and license fees on on a package um, and then someone training to actually understand how to operate that package um, they might use me in the first instance to to show them the benefits of it the merits of it and then they might evolve into doing it themselves later but to have some some service for a start where you can have a little project and say well let, let, let's have a look at that judge how effective it is and then if they've got someone on on board at their end that can can that enjoys that and can, can grab it and run with it then you know i can probably help them to to evolve and, and use that in their own business going forward so um those are two real main aspects um and my day andy might be made up of either or both of those or it might start with one and then i i'll get a phone call from the guy who's saying well i'm sorry you can't come now because we're in lockdown and therefore might have to evolve and grab a, a bit of some of the other work and 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 fiddle that into the day instead so uh, i do i do need a few understanding clients in that respect that Will give me a project and say well yeah if you can get through it in a, a week or two or three for me then um we'll leave it with you and they're, they're they're brilliant to be able to have that sort of uh work to drop back into really um you know and i think flexibility is key certainly you know in my career i i appreciate having clients to work with who understand understand the, the, the draws and demands of other bits and pieces of the business um yes just let me give me some light bulb moments from your career which stand out to you as times where you've either changed your view and your sort of world view or or you know it's helped you to pivot in a slightly different direction with your work yeah the, the, that's interesting I, I, the, the most important one i'll leave to the end i think i think in in the in the early days um 
very much uh, yes. Now I, I have to be careful because you know I'm I'm quite ancient now, so some of this won't probably make so much sense to some of the the younger listeners. But um, the movement from a drawing board and formal drafting to computer aided design um, was a key uh, a key shift for me. Um, I really enjoyed the how I was taught you know, on a drawing board. BS three oh eight. Ah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but it is just a completely different world. Having having done it, you're never ever ever going to go back, are you? Um, there's so much more you can do with the modern system. Um, but I, I suppose the trickiest bit was shifting from having an office full of drawings um, and, and all the printing and all the faffing about and um, and shifting from that to actually putting it onto or adapting it into a computer system. And, and, and the biggest issue in the early days with that was almost having to do it all again yeah. because it had already been drawn up and you felt yourself having to do it again, you know, to put it on the computer. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's hugely important, as you probably, I'm sure you you know, the, the action of doing it in the first, the first design of any particular range or model is always the longest one to do because you've got to do everything from scratch for it. So, and, and then once, that's the beauty of the computer type system, once that's done for a start, evolution into into different ranges into different widths and and adaptions are very very much easier the first one is always the most time consuming um and so if you're already starting with a product range you've got and you're having to redesign or no you're having to re-input all of that onto a computer uh, there's many people within that business that keep looking at you thinking what what earth are you doing we, we've got that but <laughs> unless you've got that available it, it, it's, it's frozen, your base frozen in time though on paper isn't it that's the trouble it's frozen yes. in time yes yeah and 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 so that that's something that um can be very frustrating um but i i, I can say one thing with the older way of doing it is the fact that you you the 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 um the persuasion to change something had to be far greater because you had to get out and redo all of those drawings again. <laughs> the persuasion to tweak a CAD model is almost too easy. Yeah, it's you almost sit down and do them. Yeah, it's almost too tempting, you know. Document uh, control and version control becomes critical though in that situation, doesn't it? Absolutely, and, and, and again, it comes back to the, a bit of discipline there is hugely important and, and uh, yeah, yeah, not getting carried away with that. And, and yeah, w w one of the really difficult things I used to find was when we were putting the stuff onto the system, let's say, was resisting the temptation to tweak it because you, you, were, you were putting it down warts and all. And yeah. uh, in the back of your mind all the time, you'd be thinking, oh, that ought to be a bit thinner. That ought to be a bit more refined. That ought to be a bit simpler. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure you know what I mean. You know, if, if you weren't careful, you weren't actually designing the, or, drafting inputting the the, the the starting point for then progressing on from so that was a that was a, a massive massive uh, 
that was the biggest shift, I think. Um, I, I, I think in more recent times, even more fundamental and larger, but more interesting, hideously more interesting than that was, is um, my understanding of the fact that uh, soils are structured and are maintained and are um, best manipulated by natural means rather than metal. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I spent 28 years of my life designing machinery to rip soils to pieces, if I'm honest. And uh, it's only been really in more recent times I've realised that metal doesn't structure soil. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't enhance nature completely, but it's maybe the means to an end. Roots are the things, plants, biological activity actions and plant roots primarily are the things that actually influence and determine and enhance and maintain structure and metal might be the means to just making those roots get there a bit quicker um that yeah, for almost, me is, almost a shift of priorities in terms of modifying soil yeah 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 and, and working with that i think is the key going forward um to help nature evolve as quickly as possible to, to produce as a, a you know hopefully a more resilient environment in our fields in our soils um but yeah that and 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 that now influences really everything i do um you know when i'm on farm you look at soils are they damaged yeah is there a barrier to roots is there a barrier to water is there a, an, an issue here if so where is it and how do we fix it well Basically, how how do we help nature fix it? Is the okay. is the is the mindset I think nowadays. Yeah, what can nature do about that rather than rather than mechanical yeah. unless necessary? Yeah, and, and this this then becomes really interesting, I think. And the that um, if, for example, uh, you 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 were loosening a a field or a, a part of a field because there's a barrier to something growing properly and and efficiently. Um, and, and identify where the problem is. Yep, identify that there's a barrier there. Otherwise, you know, don't go and prescriptively rip it apart if there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I, I, this is near, near, near evangelical as I'm going to get, I think, with all of this. Um, but having identified where the problem is, then if you encourage, if it's a structure problem, and you're encouraging that to be fixed by roots growing through it and holding it then apart and maintaining it, it is actually possible to reduce the amount of metal when you add the roots into the equation. So rather than go to the full depth of the problem and completely um, reorientate all the aggregates, all the, all, the, all, the, all the columns that are down there, it may well be possible to do slightly less, release the roots through the problem, if you know exactly where it is, or, or you can identify the, the severity, the serious bit of that problem, release the roots to get through that, and then let them do the rest. So it may well be we can actually, in the end, work the soil a lot less intrusively, a lot less aggressively for certain, and, and a lot to a lot less of a depth, and actually achieve a result of roots plus metal synergy one yeah. plus one equals three definitely
you know, without all that effort, as you say, enabling the nature to do its work. Um, can yeah. we just jump a little bit sideways, do you think? I wondered what advice you would offer to um, engineers who are not quite as advanced in their career as you. So to younger engineers who are keen to progress their careers, what, what advice would you offer? Um, use the two things on the side of your head to listen and the two things in front of your head to look. And if you do both of those, um, maybe before opening the piece in the front and middle of your face, um, you, you, you'll, you'll probably you'll probably do all right. Um, I, I think our industry is full of people and customers, I'm thinking now farmers, it's full of people that have, have spent their entire life just living and breathing the job. And it, if you can listen to them, you have to take a view because, you know, they their views might be, um, you know, might need, you know, tweaking a bit or, or, or modifying a bit or helping or cajoling into different directions. But I think you have to be prepared to listen to the marketplace, um, what they need, what they think they need. Um, and if you then provide them with something in terms of a product or a service or, a, or whatever, um, yeah listen as to how happy they are what's good what's bad about it um i I, th I think if you do that um and have a really open mind when you and when i mean listen i mean listen not hear you've got to listen and um if you can understand the feedback and and the get that interaction and dialogue going then then you 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 should be all right you should go you should go far um i it it it's a fantastic industry i think um, i think i've been really lucky to be involved with it because every day for me when i'm at work i'm enjoying it and that i don't i know a lot of people a lot of my pals who can't say that bless them um so I'm so lucky and I think we all are in this industry that we should be enjoying it, you know, because there's so much diversity. There's so much stuff interesting. There's so much to come at you. You, you work with nature. You're working with nature. And this is probably the second thing, really. You, you know, you, you're working with 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 something that is going to evolve around you as you're working with it. And as a result of that, you will do things that work today or work this year. Ultimately, if you carry on doing just the same thing, it is nature that we will evolve and it will it will possibly respond better by doing something slightly differently going forward. Or certainly, you know, a classic would be crop rotations, really. Um, you know, and and maybe even this comes back to another little minor light bulb moment, Andy. That 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 you know. Uh, an all four course rotation, the classic, you know, uh, you, you, I, I firmly believe a good sound rotation of cropping is, is the basis, along with drainage, is the, is the basis for sound farming. Um, but then you can rotate your cultivations to go along with that. If you do the same cultivation year in, year out, at the same depth year in, year out, it's highly likely that nature will be just nicely evolving to get used to that and will throw something at you. And that you, you, you're better off rotating that aspect of the job as well, um, which is a, 
a fantastic industry um, workplace to be in really because things change um, even if you don't want them to they do and and I, I think yes that that another slight uh, you have to be able to accept that things change and change with them don't be threatened by change um, yeah. regard if that's changed it might be a pain in the backside but I think you'll probably find if you can look at it where's the opportunity where we've got a problem use the use use the problem we've got to give us an opportunity to move forward into um, and and until you've actually encompassed that you'll probably not understand what I've just said but if you can work use the difficulty work with the difficulty an old mentor of mine that was his that was his catchphrase and tremendous catchphrase that yeah how can we use the difficulty we've got to move on um and i i, I think those are, are probably the the main things you you'll have to work hard you you'll have to work probably harder than in some industries other industries um but it's only because you like it and love it that you're doing it I think passion passion's everything though isn't it you know we all have to have some some reason to get out of bed in the morning other than just the money as it were it's all well yeah. and good to pay the bills but to have some excitement and some vigor about why you're doing yes. something is worth an awful yes. lot um just yes. just casting your mind back what what elements or milestones have, occur, have occurred in ag engineering which you've been a part of or things you feel proud of being part of really? um yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know me a little bit by now, don't you? I'm not really one for blowing my own trumpet. I, I guess, I guess... Say, um, things you've been glad to have lent against the tyre of when I, coming yeah. off the production line. How does that sound then? The, the, the probably by far and away um, with with my design hat on, that would be um, um, evolution of machines to 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 be able to to press the land. Um, to consolidate the land by pressing rather than rolling it. What I'm meaning by that is, um, in the scope of 30 minutes of conversation, <laughs> um, intermittent consolidation of the ground. So the DD ring, the Simba yeah, DD ring, DD ring. something yeah. that that that, that um, I can remember it now. I had a, we were sat on a beach overseas having a holiday, and I. I I was fed up again you know me a little bit I was fed up after the usual seven and a half minutes of doing nothing and um I was scribbling around on needed a, some inspiration on, ah I, I I don't do um nothing nothing very easily really I was scribbling around with a piece of and we, we, we'd had a problem um yeah we we, we we were going through this big problem and and again this for your younger listeners your your this will be over the heads, but I apologise. The older ones will, will probably chuckle. But at, at the time, the, the saying in the industry was, um, what's the similarity between Philip Wright and Nick Leeson? If you remember Nick Leeson, yeah, we both had problems with bearings. He was the... He was the <laughs> yes. He was the bearings bank at the time. But um, And, yeah, I, I was sat um, chilling a bit, but thinking how to get over this interminable problem with pressing the ground with cast iron presses and uh, and knocking bearings out on them uh, at a rate of knots a because we were trying to go too quick because we wanted to to do an operation disc carrying that was better at speed and and you know trying to trying to 
get to a result with that was a, a bit of a challenge. But anyway, the, the upshot was I sat there and thought, well, righty, you've been designing disc carriers for heaven knows how long. Why don't you use a disc blade? Um, within about 15 minutes, we've got a sketch on a bit of paper, um, which became the, 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 the press ring, the DD ring. Um, um, and that was something that, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it took a bit of convincing my fellow directors at times. They, um, they, yeah, you had to really go with this, and and because it, it was a serious amount of investment, and and to get something built, um, they trusted me, bless them, to do that. Uh, it allowed me to. You know, it was a huge investment in tooling to get a, a press tool that would crunch a DD ring out of chrome boron steel uh, that was red hot and quench it and do everything else at the same time um, for under 35 to 40 thousand pound in those days so I mean it was a fair old investment Big money. But, uh, <laughs> but we um, yeah so it needed to be reasonably near the right shape from the word go Andy well put it this way it wasn't going to be changed yeah. so we had to try and get it um, but yeah that was a that was a, um, a decent solution to a something that was worse than toothache at the time um with these stuff that wasn't good enough you know it wasn't adequate enough cast iron technology wasn't good enough so that was something that um that that was was pretty good really that would have been um and and i think in more recent times um the realization that roots plus iron equals with a a sensible amount of iron equals uh, um, probably the most optimum result for certain soil types. Um, loosening crops, loosening soils through a growing crop, um, like you do. I mean, it's not new, is it? Sward lifting, but um, if it's in a cover crop or a growing commercial crop situation, then being able to do that um, effectively. Um, and also understand that you don't have to do as much and then the roots are there doing it for you yeah that that's that's been um still learning about that still really learning about that I haven't got, got I haven't got to the bottom of that yet um just just to sort of wrap up um i think you know, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on well twofold um, you know some examples of how how ag engineering has moved on in the last forty years, and just maybe your thoughts on what the future holds, because you've had a good long time to look at this, haven't you? So, you know, I think it, I think we it, value it. Yeah, that I mean that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, I I I hope and trust that you know people fortunately have always got to be able to always going to have to eat. So I guess. Um, there's always going to be the need to to provide for that. Um, the the advent of precision technology, technology and precision farming and 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 stuff like that is has really um, has been a massive change. You know, um, uh, being able to control stuff and 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 monitor stuff and 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 as long as we can interpret what 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 we're reading and and, and interpret it properly. But that that's something that I think has has taken us um, way 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 down uh, down the line. That uh, when I first started was you know it was only just a, a dim and distant little glimmer 
Um, I, I, I think I, I've, I've probably been lucky that I've lived through maybe the highest horsepower um, situation in farming that there's ever going to be. And I, I, would, I, I do believe that we can actually start to come down that curve on the other side now. Um, do we need such big kit? Do we need such complex, what heavy kit? Uh, I, I don't think we do. Going forward, I think we can get away with a, a lot less weight, a lot less um, severity of action. I've alluded to that already. So that would be something that would be really interesting to see how that evolves um, going forward. Um, and yeah, I, I, just the fact, Andy, that I think we both know and I for sure things will change. Um, so we'll need to go and adapt with that. Um, and some things will be a huge challenge, I'm sure, um, environmentally. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some huge challenges. Um, but, you know, if we can do something to help to sequester carbon in our industry and, and, and redress some of the imbalances, uh, the only thing I would say with a very, very limited experience that any of us have got with the amount of time we spend on this mortal coil that I, I, I think um, I think we've we've got good opportunities coming to 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 actually help to redress some of those balances and nature's brilliant at sorting itself out um, but we you know clearly we can't say too much about that otherwise people wouldn't take the current situation seriously enough you know <laughs> Um, but you know, nature's fantastic at sorting itself out, isn't it? You know, uh, we just need to help yeah. it uh, along the line a bit. No, I'd, I'd quite agree with that. Well, look, um, I, I feel we could probably carry on in this vein for several hours, Philip, till one of one or the other that either needs a cup of tea or our dinner or to pop to the loo. So I think, um, <laughs> you know, maybe none of us are getting any younger. Um, anyway, what, no, that, what I was going right. to say um, maybe we should draw it to a close there just to say, you know, a heartfelt thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed um, being part of this interview and and listening to some great insights from your career and some good advice for listeners as well. So, Philip Wright, thank you very much for um, being interviewed today for Landwards. We really appreciate your input. And, um, you know, as I say, thank you, Philip Wright. We will be back again. But yes, Philip, really appreciate it. Thank you. More than welcome. You have been listening to Philip Wright, Independent Advisor on Souls and Cultivations, talking to Andy Newbold on the Landwards podcast. Thank you and goodbye. For more information, visit www.iagree.org. You have been listening to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.